Welcome to the International Trade Minute, quick-fire trade news, where time is trade. We are your go-to podcast for rapid and concise updates on trade and law, designed specifically for busy trade professionals. Sponsored by Rydal Law Firm and prepared by seasoned trade attorneys, our twice-weekly podcast packages your essential trade updates, all in the time it takes to enjoy your coffee break. Subscribe now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, and join the conversation with a network of like-minded professionals on LinkedIn, where time is trade, make every minute count. Our first story, we have a key decision from the U.S. Customs and Border Protection, CBP, regarding medicinal animal feed ingredients. In a recent ruling, CBP has classified certain medicinal products used in animal feeds as antibiotics under the Harmonized Tariff Schedule heading 2941. This is a shift from their previous categorization under animal feeds under HTS heading 2309. The products in question include chlortetracycline hydrochloride, chlortetracycline feed grade concentrate, and neomycin sulfate. These substances, primarily used in veterinary drugs, have been found to have their antibiotic effects dominate their chemical makeup, function, and purpose. This necessitates their classification as antibiotics, overruling the importer Farmgate's argument that they are drug substances. The CBP's decision came after considering FDA regulations and the commercial definitions of animal feed. While the FDA's definitions are not binding on CBP's decisions, they do provide valuable guidance. The agency concluded that these products could not be considered complete feed preparations or supplementary feed due to their lack of grain content and their primary function as antibiotics. This ruling has significant implications for importers and manufacturers in the veterinary and animal feed industry, potentially affecting how these products are taxed and regulated. In our next segment, a critical update on forced labor enforcement from the CBP. Eric Choi, Executive Director of the Trade Remedy Law Enforcement Directorate, spoke at a U.S. Chamber of Commerce program, highlighting CBP's ongoing efforts to tackle forced labor in supply chains. Choi emphasized the use of artificial intelligence and analytics to identify patterns and trends in forced labor risks, although he noted that these technologies are still in their early stages. Choi reminded the audience that CBP's enforcement isn't limited to the Iger Forced Labor Prevention Act which has already led to the detention of $1.9 billion worth of goods. His team is investigating over 60 allegations of forced labor, with plans to issue more withhold release orders this year. Thea Lee from the iLab broadened the discussion, pointing out forced labor in industries ranging from solar panels to EV batteries and even seafood processing in eastern China. She stressed the economic imperative for businesses to address supply chain issues to avoid market access interruptions and reputational damage. David Nicolini of Evidencity and Neil Giles of Britain's Traffic Analysis Hub discussed the effectiveness of withhold release orders. Giles highlighted the case of Syme Darby, a palm oil plantation in Malaysia, where the employment terms of Rohingya refugees were manipulated. Following CBP's actions, Syme Darby reimbursed nearly $20 million to the refugees and improved grievance reporting mechanisms, leading to the lifting of the withholding order on their products. Choi also alluded to the political pressures CBP faces from both businesses and politicians. He affirmed the agency's commitment to strong enforcement of the nation's forced labor laws, underlining the complexity of this pressing trade issue. Up next, we explore a significant legal battle in the semiconductor industry shedding light on the complex responsibilities of export compliance. The case involves U.S.-based Lattice Semiconductor and Canadian firm Apex Micromanufacturing. 
Apex claims Lattice misrepresented the export control status of its products, leading to severe legal and financial repercussions for Apex. Apex sold Lattice's semiconductors overseas, including to Hong Kong, under the belief they didn't require export licenses. The shipments were seized, resulting in investigations by Canadian and American authorities, contract cancellations, and damage to Apex's reputation. Lattice moved for partial summary judgment, arguing no special relationship existed to hold them liable for negligence. However, the U.S. District Court for the District of Oregon denied this motion, finding that Lattice may have had a special responsibility to provide accurate export information given their control over crucial data, like temperature ratings. Apex's lawsuit filed in 2019 demands over $138 million in damages, alleging Lattice's failure to warn about export license requirements. The fallout led to criminal charges against Apex's founder, Stephen DeGeray, significantly impacting his personal and professional life. DeGeray, once a member of the Eagle Harbor Yacht Club, now lives a transient life on a boat due to these events. This case highlights the intricacies of export control regulations and the critical nature of accurate information exchange in the chip industry. Apex's argument hinges on the idea that the nature of their business with Lattice extended beyond a mere buyer-seller relationship, involving a deeper partnership with shared compliance responsibilities. Lattice, on the other hand, maintains that their relationship was purely transactional. The court's decision underscores the importance of manufacturers providing essential information for export control compliance, as incorrect determinations can lead to serious consequences. Last story for today, we're focusing on the Office of Foreign Assets Control's recent sanctions against UAE companies and vessels for breaching the Russian oil price cap. On November 16th, OFAC took action against three United Arab Emirates-based companies, Kazan Shipping Inc., Progress Shipping Company Limited, and Galleon Navigation Inc. These companies are the registered owners of three vessels, the Kazan, the Lagovsky Prospect, and the NS Century, now under the spotlight for violating the imposed price cap on Russian oil. These vessels were involved in transporting Russian oil and trading it above the $60 price cap while using U.S.-related services. This breach has led to significant repercussions, highlighting the U.S. Treasury's commitment to enforcing compliance with the Price Cap Coalition's regulations. Deputy Treasury Secretary Wally Adiemo has issued a clear warning. Shipping companies and ships utilizing service providers in countries within the Price Cap Coalition must adhere strictly to compliance standards. Failure to do so will result in accountability measures. This enforcement action sends a strong message to the global shipping industry about the serious consequences of violating international trade agreements, especially in the sensitive area of energy trade. Thank you for joining us on International Trade Minute, your rapid source of trade updates for busy trade professionals. And we hope to have you back for our next episode. Don't forget to subscribe.